0: in Swahili is dedicated to all you beautiful people around the world. We say And greetings to the Global Mission Podcast. My name is Richard Lush, your host, as we discuss the issues of worldwide missions and the task of the Great Commission. Today I want to talk to you about why missionaries quit. It was a bit of a shock when Jim and Jolene, obviously not their real names, announced that they were leaving the field and going back home. This second career couple had been in one of my classes and completed a three-month training program prior to being approved for overseas work. In retrospect, I would have to say that they were one of the more enthusiastic missionary candidates that I've seen, and seemingly well-adjusted as a family and spiritually. But after spending a great deal of time raising support, committing to pre-field training, They were on the field less than six months and calling it quits. As a part of the leadership in the organization, the question arose, what did we miss? Before we get into the weeds of this discussion, I want to be clear on two things. First, the reality of missionaries quitting the work and returning home has been and always will be a part of missionary work. It started with John Mark leaving Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, and it's the reality of overseas work today. Secondly, there is no one solution or one silver bullet that will prevent missionary attrition. Now let's dig in a little bit deeper on why missionaries quit. Probably the most comprehensive analysis on missionary attrition, which I was marginally a part of in the 1990s, Was a study they called REMAP, an acronym for Reducing Missionary Attrition Project. In 2003, REMAP 2 was conducted, which involved 600 agencies across 22 countries representing some 40,000 missionaries. And you can find this report by just Googling REMAP. Here are some of their findings. The average agency keeps 94 of its people each year. Over a 10-year period, the average agency keeps 54% of their field personnel and therefore loses 46% of their missionaries. REMAP states that there are two categories for missionary attrition, preventable and unpreventable reasons. The unpreventable reasons missionaries quit is retirement, death, or a completion of field assignment. By far the highest percentage of missionary attrition is retirement, which was 19% in a 2018 survey. The missionary force is older, with not enough people recruited to fill in the gap. Other reasons people leave the mission work was for health concerns, children's education, interpersonal conflicts, lack of financial support, family or marital issues, disagreements with leadership on the field as well as with the sending agency. Apart from retirement, national missionaries, or what they call the new sending countries like Korea, Brazil, Nigeria, India, were about the same as the old sending countries of Western Europe, Australia, and North America. One of the findings on missionary attrition is the importance of being sent out well. The average tenure of those working in high retention mission agencies, that is those mission organizations that do it well, was about 17 years. Mission agencies usually having less than 50 people on the field, their missionaries tenure or length on the field is only about seven years. This is a very telling finding. Over the years, I've met people on the field who were there without any sending agency or who belonged to a small mission organization which provided nothing for the missionary except a financial or legal avenue to be overseas. I could give you several examples, but one will sum it up. There was a guy I met in the States many years ago who started what we would call a mom-and-pop mission agency. He told those who joined his 501c3 tax-exempted organization that he would manage their donations, which came in for their ministry, but they were not to expect anything else from that mission organization. If they had a problem on the field, like sickness or family problems or field issues, they were on their own. In the past few years, I've noticed that some local pastors and churches in the U.S. have decided They could be more effective in their global outreach themselves without the encumbering structure of a mission agency. Statistically, those sending churches and small agencies are part of the reason for high missionary attrition. Now, I must admit, I sometimes have a love-hate relationship with mission organizations. For a few that I'm familiar with, their budget, which is dependent on between 10 to 25 percent of the missionary's income, is deeply concerning. Why a mission organization with less than 200 fielded personnel must have an operation budget over $1 million is beyond my understanding. Another reason some missionaries don't want to be a part of a large agency is because they want autonomy. I met a missionary who said the reason he didn't join a well-respected mission organization was that they required a monthly financial report? Resisting accountability, he found an organization that would be a clearinghouse for his donor support, which supposedly meant he wasn't required to give an account of the monies he received. Hey, I understand the importance of autonomy. I'm an independent guy. I don't care about top down mandates and decisions from people who live in the States and who have no idea what it's like to live on the mission field. However, I do believe everyone should be accountable to someone for ministry, finances, personal issues, and spiritual fidelity. For me, my board members keep me accountable, and so should it be for every missionary. And now then, here are the top seven recommendations from REMAP in decreasing missionary attrition. Number one, greater importance on screening. Having just a desire or feel called to missions is not enough. A missionary, whether they are single or married, should be properly vetted before being approved to serve overseas. This screening is the responsibility primarily of the local sending church. Is the family going out spiritually and emotionally healthy? If the family has marital problems, or the missionary has a personality where they are constantly in conflict with others, if their children are a mess, or they are financially irresponsible in the States, moving 10,000 miles to another location is not going to solve their problems. And contrary to popular thinking, it is not the mission's agency that is responsible for screening missionaries. Yes, the mission agency does have a role, but it is the work of the local church, God's instrument for the Great Commission, that should be at the forefront of global missions and sending out missionaries. I will never forget attending a commissioning ceremony uh, for missionaries a few years back with one of the most popular sending agencies in the U.S., One appointee stood up and said proudly, I have been turned down by four other mission agencies, and I'm grateful to God for this organization in accepting me. Well, shame on that organization, and shame on the local church for encouraging him to go cross-culturally. Though that organization recruits well, Their HR leader confessed to me one time, we have as many people going out the back door as we have coming through the front door. The preventable reasons people leave the field can be dramatically reduced if there is better screening. Another way to reduce preventable missionary attrition is through REMAP's second recommendation, pre-field training. Through pre-field training, all the issues of family, personality, and equipping for cross-cultural matters are addressed. As I stated in an earlier podcast, pre-field missionary training is almost non-existent among a majority of mission agencies. For those few training opportunities that are out there, much of it is focused on matters that are affective, meaning Issues of feeling, moods, or attitudes. Obviously, these are important matters, and evaluation, psychology testing, and spiritual counseling should be a part of every pre-field training. There is, however, precious little on effective training, meaning helping people not just to survive on the mission field, but to thrive in their work and ministry. The lack of job satisfaction was another reason Remap found for people quitting the work. You can have a healthy marriage and family and still not accomplish anything for Christ on the field. It's true I'm biased, but I believe a lot of underlying issues of family and interpersonal conflict is exasperated because people cannot cope with the dynamics of culture shock or even culture fatigue. But no matter the focus, pre-field training can stem the tide of people leaving the field. Number three on recommendations from the research is good communication practices. Communication with the sending church, mission, agency, and field leadership is important. You know, there really isn't any excuse, especially in this age of technology with Zoom, Skype, and FaceTime, For a missionary to be so isolated that they should have a crisis, personally or in ministry, without someone knowing it. It's more than sending out a survey with general questions. It's more than someone writing, asking, what prayer requests do you have this month? Good communication is building a relationship with people. On the missionary side, There is no reason why we shouldn't be making our needs known, especially to those partners that are closest to us. Find that person on the field, in one of your supporting churches, or just a close friend in the States, but find someone you can talk to candidly about everything that is going on in your life. The fourth recommendation seems like it should be higher in the list, and that is greater emphasis on prayer. This matter of prayer... And the importance of it could be a podcast in itself. Prayer, while vitally important, is also one area most of us fall short in doing. Well, at least it is for me. Praying for missionaries is, again, in having a personal relationship with people. The more I know about someone, the more sensitive I am in how to pray for them. Let me give you a personal example. Last September, I was with my daughter and family in Senegal. Aaron, my son-in-law, must travel 60 kilometers every day to his work on one of the most dangerous two-lane highways I've ever seen. As a family, they live in a neighborhood which is primarily among squatters, and there's just constant noise. My grandchildren are homeschooled, which along with the heat is draining for both the teacher, which is my daughter, and my grandkids. There are other matters they must deal with daily, such as uh, the missionary team that they work with and the Muslims in the country. My daily prayer is not simply, Dear Lord, bless my family, but is uh, a detailed petition for their safety Endurance working and living in a harsh environment and specific issues that come up in their life. I am indeed grateful for those who ask me regularly for prayer requests. But I think of all the people who support us financially who, for many, don't even know what I really do or even where I live. uh, Quickly moving on to the Remap's fifth recommendation is ongoing training opportunities. Basically, that means a missionary should be in an ongoing growth process spiritually and vocationally. I interviewed a a missionary educator recently uh, that will be aired in a few weeks on this podcast, and we talked about how much the work of missions has changed in the past 10 and 20 years. Yet some people on the field have not upgraded their understanding of missions from the day they first arrived on the field. As I stated in an earlier podcast on focus training, every business or profession in the world has a continuing education track for their employees. The world, culture, and missions are not static, but is dynamic and always changing so too should be our strategies and knowledge of how to serve Christ in today's world and in the days ahead. The sixth recommendation is better care practices. Missionary care has become one of those trendy ideas, some which is very good. But in reality, missionary care is dealt with primarily through good communication that we discussed earlier. The seventh and final recommendation is better leadership practices, which again is dealt with in communication and building a good relationship with missionaries. However, there is much more that could be said as it relates to leadership on the field, in the home office, and from the local church. Being assigned the position of a field or team leader doesn't make one truly a leader. Real leadership is more than a title, and I have observed firsthand missionaries quitting the field because of poor leadership within their own organization. So why is missionary attrition an important topic of discussion? Well, for two reasons. One is just the enormous financial loss when a missionary quits. I am guessing that, conservatively speaking, from a time a missionary is appointed or approved, it will take them two years getting to the field as they are trying to raise their support. They're crisscrossing the country in their car, staying in hotels, and raising support. Not only must they raise their monthly field budget, which can range anywhere from six to $8,000 a month, they must raise outgoing expenses as well, such as airline tickets, a vehicle to buy when they get to the field, personal goods to be shipped which will add up to another $30,000. So, uh, stay with me. From the time they are appointed as missionaries to spending four years on the field, if they make it that long, there's an investment in that missionary family between 250000 to a half a million dollars. The missionary couple I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, who remained on the field less than six months, In mission dollars was probably close to or more than $100,000 in investment lost. While financially missionary attrition is and should be a concern, the other side of missionaries coming off the field are the people themselves. Disillusionment, sense of failure, fractured relationship within the family, colleagues on the field, and donors who prayed and supported them financially for years When John Mark quit, it caused a deep division between Paul and Barnabas. It was one of the sad chapters in the early missionary movement. When the missionary quits, it is indeed a sad day for the cause of Christ on many levels and is something all of us should be concerned about. If you have questions or comments about this or any other subject, please write and let me know. Next time, uh, we'll have an interview with a colleague working in the Middle East, and I think you'll find it very interesting. Further questions about our work can be found on our website, lewis-training.com. Until next time, press on toward the goal and calling that God has given you. That's our emblem. No problem.